Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. I created Data Mesh Radio to be a resource for Data Mesh practitioners the world over. This is a weekly summary episode where I share a bit about the upcoming week's episodes and give you an extended summary for any interviews or panels that will be released during that week. It's designed to help you decide what episodes you might want to spend the full time to listen to, as interview episodes and panels are typically more than one hour long. In general, if you were running up against any challenges with Data Mesh, I'm here to help. I started a company around doing just that, Data Mesh Understanding. So get in touch if I can be of help. Check out our free community programs and things like that as well. weekly episode summaries and programming notes for the week of October 29th, 2023. So heading into the spooky week, you know, I hope all of you have a happy Halloween. I experienced my first Halloween overseas and I expect it to literally be nothing, but you know, I guess we shall see. I don't know if I'll have any trick-or-treaters. I didn't even have any when I was in California, so I doubt there will be in the Netherlands. So what's on tap for this week? On Monday, we have episode 264, Will Gen AI and Data Mesh really mix? An interview with Madhav Srinath. So we really dug into a lot of ways LLMs could be useful for people actually implementing Data Mesh and a bit about how Data Mesh is going to be useful for people doing LLMs. There was a lot of kind of simply put practical applications and, and approaches in this episode. Not a whole lot of hype. A thing I hadn't realized was that anyone running their own LLMs, which a lot of organizations are doing, they're essentially doing it in a serverless model. So they are quite cheap. You know, you're only paying per query instead of having this kind of, you know, LLM that's just constantly running on a, on a server somewhere. It's just there for when you need it. And then also how people are kind of layering LLMs and, you know, having one very, very specific purpose and not trying to have these just kind of general chat GPT-esque type things that just answer anything. They're getting much more specific. And no one is really, that is kind of sane, is really training their own models. There are such good open source models available. So there's a lot to learn without all that much hype in this episode, despite being one of those hype, hype topics. So on Friday, we have episode 265, Are are You Even Doing Data Mesh TM, Mesh Musings 55? So even after recording this one, I I have some reservations. I go back and forth a little bit about the language on this because I basically, I don't care if you use the data mesh label for what you're doing, but don't fool yourselves. And as many vendors have found out, I get far madder if you try to fool others. So I've got some takeaways. If you want to say you are doing data mesh, go ahead. If you really want to know if you are, look to Jamak's book and her talks. How much are you attempting and how are you going about that with the thin slice model? Not ignoring any of the pillars. If you're ignoring any of the pillars, you're not doing data mesh, right? Really, that's basically what Jamak keeps coming back to. But at the same point, don't worry about being completely elite and having it all figured out. Have some empathy for yourself. 
same kind of concept of others want to say they're doing data mesh. It's not really a big deal as long as we aren't trying to emulate the ones fooling themselves or that, that are over-marketing what they're doing. And finally, I'd rather welcome more folks into the tent than gatekeep. Maybe that is just my own prerogative, but I have empathy for people who see what they think the end of the journey should look like, right? But it's like that transformation picture on of a skateboard, then a bike, then a moped, then motorcycle, then two-door car, then maybe four-door car with the same, you know, with the idea of, of building a sedan. This is a transformation and you have to be like, there isn't a, okay, today we're doing, or today, yesterday we weren't doing data mesh, today we are. It's it's a journey and you got to have some empathy for yourself and for others out there that are really making the attempt instead of just slapping the label on to doing the same old centralization thing and pretending as if they've, they've changed. But it's, again, it's, it's this very delicate kind of thing. And I, and I'm not the best at wording if, if people haven't figured that out. So, but I, I just also think that we need to stop being quite so serious about, are, is this team doing data mesh versus not? Yeah. Just my own perspective on it. But with that, I'll shut up and we'll go ahead and go to the extended summary for Mato's episode. Extended summary for episode 264. Will Gen AI and Data Mesh really mix? An interview with Madhav Srinath. So in this episode, I interviewed Madhav, who's the CEO at Nexusleep. Overall, we are super early in the generative AI cycle and the hype is huge. This discussion is one of early impressions, not fully formed answers. It's far too early to really get to those fully formed answers. We haven't seen enough of this actually in production. Also, FYI, there were some technical difficulties in the episode, so you know, thanks to Mata for for sticking through that. And then in these show notes and and in the episode as well, I'll be talking and using Gen AI instead of generative AI. And if I say LLM, that stands for Large Language Model, just in case people aren't familiar. So for Mata, a lot of what Gen AI has become is the concept of of data mining with kind of a personable interface. We've been tr trying to create a way to dig into data that is unstructured and get some insights or information, you know, something that is structured for a long time. The concept isn't new. We finally found something that might actually be able to do it well and make the outputs easy to consume. So it's kind of the promise of, of data mining is finally here. Right now in Madoff's view, most of the emerging Gen AI use cases have been pretty shallow, such as help write an article. It probably can get far deeper, but it's quite early days. However, we probably need to put a human in the loop to actually make sure the answers LLMs are giving are correct. A lot of people have talked about this hallucination stuff, right? That might be the best option in his view, something like a guide plus guardrails driven by the human uh, to make sure that these LLMs don't hallucinate and are putting out actual quality answers. In a way, this isn't all that different from other machine learning work. Black boxes tend to have unexpected consequences, and you have humans in the loop. You don't just have the machine learning um, 
models and things write themselves. Manov's view is that it's totally okay to start working with Gen AI at your organization as long as you understand Gen AI or LLMs have quality issues right now and are really only at the MVP stage in many senses, especially if you are using them internally on your own data. There will probably be good ways to put a wrapper around them to prevent improper data usage or leakage and prevent hallucinations as well. But eh, there will probably not. There are a ton of great answers for that right now. Starting with domain-specific problems is where Madoff thinks people should focus their Gen AI work. If you try to feed an LLM a ton of information from many sources, you can't really be sure of the logic it uses to generate answers versus keeping the inputs tighter and asking about more specific business areas. Keeping that tighter focus and having many LLMs across the organization gives you an ability to more tightly focus your models on specific topics. You can then attempt to add additional focus areas to those LLMs once you have the model performing well on that kind of first initial topic. You just don't want to overwhelm them at the start. You're, you're going to get kind of guy-go, garbage in, garbage out. While LLMs aren't magic, Madoff is seeing an emerging use case where people point the LLMs at maybe two data products and ask it to infer relationships between those. It might discover something people haven't thought of before. You still need a human in the loop or you end up with something like that Pastafarian you know, belief that global temperature rise since the 1700s is caused by the de- decreasing number of pirates globally. You know, that whole XKCD as well of correlation doesn't equal causation. LLMs, they're not a magic wand, but they can help people find more places where data is already interoperable or should be. Then he's seeing once those relationships are discovered, a different model, a different Gen AI uh, model is used to actually infer some information based on those newly discovered relationships. Again, looking at those specialized models. Manav doesn't believe most organizations should be training their own Gen AI models from scratch. Instead, go and find the open source models and add your necessary information to the training. Basically, why start at zero to train, you know, model to one when you can start at 0.7 or 0.8? Leverage the work others are doing so you don't need super expensive LLM training focused engineers. By starting with an existing base model, you can tune it based on your own answers instead of trying to feed it very specific data about, you know, kind of industry models and things like that. You can supervise, you know, instead of having to supervise the base level initial training, people have done that. Leverage your business subject matter experts and get them to share their tribal knowledge with the LLMs as well. But, I mean, I've been hearing more and more of people are talking about these open source models are being updated sometimes multiple times per day. That is how much work is going into this stuff at the at the industry level. Don't think that you have to to do all of that yourself or really don't have the hubris that you're going to be so much better than the entire industry at training these things from zero uh, to one instead of taking what they're already doing and just building off top, on top of that. 
Circling back to the idea of layered LLMs, might have talked about how some organizations are having models specifically tuned to answer questions about data. And then there is kind of a secondary LLM that is focused on checking the answers the first one gives for, you know, sanity or correctness, as well as around like governance, like security and privacy concerns. Like, is this information that can be shared with this person or, or not? Again, that separation of the work, we're, it's just people are thinking of LLMs as if they're this omniscient, you know, kind of thing that you go and ask uh, questions of. I'm trying to think of the name of the the head in the box from the PB Herman show that they're, you know, uh, mecha like a high, mecha hiney ho. Um, that it's not like that. It's not like you have something that is just omniscient in a box. You need to focus these in, in the right ways. And the other thing that I, I wasn't really aware of is that LLMs are really not that expensive to run because so much of it is done in a serverless way. You know, if your LLMs are becoming cost prohibitive, you are probably not running them in, in a cost effective way. But most of these are pennies on the, the dollar to run and storing the information that's stored in them is very, very cheap, right? Um, it's, it's, you know, an LLM, depending on how many questions and things you ask in a year, could run you in the, you know, 50 to 100 buck range for a lot of these things. Madhav has a few strong feelings around what organizations should be doing with LLMs. The first is that most should not be trying to train their own LLMs. The time and cost just don't make that much sense when open source models are advancing at, frankly, these remarkable speeds. The second is that Gen AI is probably more helpful for data producers than data consumers. It really can make producers far more productive, such as letting them generate insights on their own data or helping them to find good interoperability points with their data and other data products. Hopefully it sounds like some awesome episodes for you coming up this week. As a reminder, feel free to get in touch if I might be useful in your data mesh journey, helping quite a few organizations and introducing people to each other, plus doing some roundtables. Check out datameshunderstanding.com for more information. I hope you have a great rest of your day and week. Now on to that fun, funky little outro music. Thank you.